1: Welcome back, Hawkeye fans, for another edition of the Cole and How podcast. This is a post-Penn State version. Uh, we're about 2 p.m. on Monday after the game, uh, Central Time, uh, joined by former Hawkeye and NFL defensive lineman Colin Cole to review the Penn State game and maybe take a little bit of a look ahead to Purdue and, and what lies ahead for this Hawkeye team. Uh, Colin made it up for the game this weekend, and uh, we'll get some thoughts on what he saw on the sideline from a different perspective than he has most weeks uh, from his home in North Carolina. So, uh, you know, Colin, Colin another, just another tough game where Iowa did not make enough plays to win against a really good team. Um, and, uh, you know, as, as we talked about off, you know, before we were recording, um, not an effort thing, more of an execution thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what I saw too. Um, we had, we had a number of opportunities. Uh, we didn't, we didn't as an offense, um, complete on a few third down opportunities. game. Uh, that hurt, uh, we did do a good job of getting them off the field early, but then they got into rhythm, uh, especially with that, with their wide receiver, number one, who kind of got matched up against a um, linebacker a few times and was able to exploit that matchup. So, but overall, I mean, I got to give it to the team's effort was definitely there. Um, Certain areas of execution on both sides of the ball caused it. Well, I would say all three sizes, but all three portions of, of, of the game, um, Special teams-wise, I know we had a shank punt early in the game that kind of set them up with great field position. Penn State had tremendous field position all game. We had horrific field position all game. Uh, the field position battle was won by them, and really we were playing pretty much an uphill battle coming off of our goal line much of the game. So uh, all things considered, I would say that they – we we gave them a lot, and it really really played itself out – uh, throughout the course of the game, and again, uh, considering where this game ended and how we played, it was uh, it was very eye-opening to how good of a football team we have. We have a couple areas we have to shore up in within with, within every every facet, but um, overall, I really feel confident that this group of guys is a very good group of guys, very good football team. Uh, but it's all, it all comes down to the small details, like uh, Coach Barans and Coach Doyle and the entire coaching staff preach. The details. The details are what's going to get you beat in the end if you if you don't have them.
1: And the turnovers have been killer, Colin. I think it's six to one against Iowa the last two weeks. Two nothing on Saturday night, and both of those turnovers were huge. Uh, ten point ten of Penn State's points came off of turnovers, and you just you can't do that against good teams. You really can't. And that
0: they were glaring in, in the eyes of how this game played out. Considering uh we had those opportunities and we let those opportunities go. And yeah, they they were able to capitalize. And like you said, you can't beat good teams when when it comes down to it. And this was a very good ball team. But uh all things considered, we had all the moment we had we had various opportunities within this game to really seize uh opportunity, seize the moment and, and you know, make plays where we could have and so, you know, just like I said, every facet of the game really has to pick pick up their game. Uh, between offense, defense, and special teams, we had a few, a few missed field goals also that, that, uh, that hurt us in the long run of the game. So I just not to call anybody out as much as it is to bring awareness about where we, what I see and where the team has to continue to grow and get better.
1: I think, you know, that growth, some of that growth is is happening as as the season goes along on the interior of that offensive line. Got a redshirt freshman at center. Got, you know, a first-year starter at left guard. You got a a, a turnstile at right guard now. We've gotten, I think, four starters there, at least four guys that have played the position from Cole Banwart, who's a four, unfortunately – Uh, Hurt his ACL in practice last week and is out for the year. He was the projected starter there and hasn't played much this year. Kyler Schott comes in, looks good early. Then he gets hurt in practice. Um, Levi Paulson has has worked there. Uh, Mark Kalenberger gets the start there last week. the inexperience and lack of continuity in that in that interior of the the offensive line, Colin, is that something that just has to happen over time? It's it doesn't seem like something that you can just flip a switch and all of a sudden the light goes on.
0: You know, that's probably one of the the only groups um, within a football team that really needs to needs each other to really thrive and be as good as they possibly can be You know, honestly they, they work together they work you know in conjunction all the time uh with their blocking schemes and how they they have to maneuver and, and get up to the second level to get to, to people um but ultimately you have to be able to win when it comes to one-on-one battle i saw you- like, a lot of the times we were not win those battles
1: what, what is that when that zone, blo- I know you're not an offensive lineman, but you see it from a defensive lineman's perspective. When things are going well in that zone blocking scheme, what's happening? Is it that communication, that continuity, that chemistry that has to happen um, over time or just getting used to what each other, knowing what each other is going to do, moving almost like in a dance routine?
0: Absolutely. Just like a dance routine, getting after it. And those guys have to be able to communicate very well pre and post-snap. They have to be able to see the same thing together. They have to know who is their assignment. And, you know, they have to see whether that – because a lot of times in that zone blocking scheme, that guard is typically trying to get up to where a linebacker would be to cut him off. Uh, But sometimes those linebackers kind of shift backside because if they're responsible for a certain gap, and that offensive lineman may beat them to that gap, they might try to shoot backdoor. So if they do that – those two offensive linemen have to be able to communicate that on the fly, and pick it up accordingly. So it it is it, very important to work together with a group of guys over a, a lot of great offensive line uh, offensive lines play comes with guys who practice and play together for years. You know, um, again, I, I always bring back my my years at Iowa and the offensive. For example, the offensive line we had between Bruce Nelson and Eric Steinbach. And Lightfoot, um, Robert Gallery, and, and um, David Porter, and Ben Sobieski; those guys worked together for years up until that senior year, where everything kind of came together for him. Uh, it, it takes a lot. Of, it takes a long time, really, to get that continuity, and it's to try and, and, and plug players in here and there. It's great uh, to be able to have that ability, but when we're talking about guys who are projected to be second and third string guys when the season started or when, when fall camp started. Uh, that are being thrust in there now, then you obviously you're going to get a little bit uh, – it's, it's not going to be quite to where you want it to be. So, hopefully, you know, we we'll continue to work, continue to get better. And I, I have all the faith in all the guys that you talked about to be able to really just continue to get better. And, you know, all things considered, we played probably two of our toughest opponents on our schedule these past two weeks. And we've, we held our own, and I feel like we're ready to turn the corner.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. I, I think um... – I can't imagine. Maybe, maybe Wisconsin, but Wisconsin's a different animal um, with what they do. Um, you know, in their front seven, that, that three-four, they're bringing lineback. They're doing more. Uh, I would say eye candy, but different. They they're bringing guys from different spots and trying to get you off your game that way. From a front four perspective, I can't imagine Iowa facing a tougher front four than Penn State had. That was a that that group was was impressive. <laughs> am, I, am I on target there? Were you impressed with Penn State's front four?
0: The one thing that I can say about Penn State's front four is that they were relentless at getting after the ball, and they were getting off the ball on, on at a, a very high high level. And so we had to match their effort, and a couple times we weren't able to. I, I know that uh, watching the game on the sideline, that, that kid number 54, I think his name is uh, Robert Windsor, he was a senior out of Wisconsin. He he was really uh, causing a lot of havoc and created a lot of, of negative plays in the backfield. He's the one that stuck stuck out to me as a guy that was just so disruptive in our in and in, in our backfield and, and really making some things happen. So, you know, it's um yeah that might that might have been the best front four. It was definitely a, a step above um, Michigan's front four that we played the previous week uh, with all the blitzes. They had to bring the pressure. They wouldn't have been able to get up get to us with uh, just the down lineman that, that Michigan had. But Penn State, they were just a whole other animal.
1: Yeah, Penn, like you said, Michigan was able to do it with blitzing. Penn State did it pretty much without having to blitz very much. So, yeah, that was uh, another challenge. And, um, yeah, on the one play where Goodson fumbled, um, he never really had a chance, and that was Windsor. Um, it looked like on that play, um, Linderbaum was pulling to the left, and Kalenberger instead of following him into the middle went right and that just opened up and just gave Goodson mm-hmm. no chance there so again that's a communication thing that's getting to you know being on the same page and that that was obviously um, where, where they weren't on the same page and, and just one play like that, man, can just—I mean—that gave them points in a, in a situation where, mm-hmm. off of Iowa's mistake, and that's that—that's—that's mm-hmm. that's tough.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It's just like we talked about last week: the turnovers and how drastically your chances of winning the game uh, go down with those turnovers, and so. Yeah, that, that uh, reared his head again. And the fumbles are something that I know that coach is going to work on, making sure those guys don't allow that, regardless of what the situation is in front of them. You have to always hang on to the ball. But, yeah, we definitely – we didn't put ourselves in the best best spot. And the turnovers reared their heads again. And, um, unfortunately, that's that's what was a big part of the loss for us.
1: Yeah, the, the fumble and then – on Stanley's interception he he had a guy in his face too I and mean, he was getting hit as he threw that ball probably shouldn't have thrown the ball but again under duress let's move on to something more positive for the you know for the second week in a row against a pretty talented offense i think penn state came in averaging in the they were second behind Ohio State in points per game in the conference around 47 points a game Iowa holds them to 17 Um, and as we talked about 10 of those came off of turnovers Um, so the defense I thought the defense played well you were down there on the sideline you told me you were kind of involved with the defensive line and, and and got a chance to see what they were doing during the game what was that perspective like my friend what what did you see down there and what was uh what was it like being right down there and and, and watching those guys go to work
0: well you know it, whenever I get a chance to get out there and I'm, a, I'm on the sideline like I was you know I'm, I've always just kind of listened to what the coach was talking about it's, it's been uh, coach Morgan for years now but and uh coach Kelvin Bell's opportunity in the first game uh, my first opportunity to be on the sideline and watching him lead those guys was great, and it was a great atmosphere all the way around. Uh, I think that um, one of the things that I just that I saw that I had to kind of help uh, with what I saw was that teams are are working to scheme our players, right? So, particularly our, our right defensive end AJ Epenesa. So I I was down there and I saw how the offensive tackles trying to block him. He's trying to – because A.J. hasn't been as physical as he could be at times. So knowing that what I've seen and not reaching out to him prior to, but I had an opportunity before the game as well as during the game, uh, sometimes guys are going to try to finesse him. And when I say finesse him, that means they're going to try to uh, allow him to run up the field and kind of run himself out of the play. Yeah. I, had, I told him that, hey, man, sometimes you just got to run through a guy. So the guy that was setting on him this past weekend, uh, the offensive tackle, was kind of setting him in a way that he wasn't giving him a hand play, which means that he wasn't trying to shoot his hands and try to grab AJ. So instead of doing that, he was kind of keeping his hands out – to his sides almost, kind of giving him the outside window just so he would kind of make him run a long rope kind of kind of out around the quarterback, kind of mm. just so the quarterback would be able to step up and deliver his passes. So I told AJ, hey, listen, man, he, he continues to do that. You run through his inside path. As soon as he sets you like that, Bull rush him through his inside pad. And the next play he went out there he did it and he had a sack and I felt like a proud papa. <laughs> I felt like man, I just I just gave my boy some uh, a little nugget and he and he did it immediately and the performance it, it, it led right to the field and you know that's that's one thing about him he's such a smart player you know you you talk about players and and how they're able to, to to be great players over the long haul when you could when it's not so easy to be able to take a coaching tip on the sideline and implement it on the field and find production immediately and to see that happen in the space that it was it was awesome i mean there are a number of other times when I had a chance to, to say, talk to Cedric Lattimore and, and, and Chauncey Goldston, but, but that one stuck out of my mind because it it happened. I saw it. He, he came in and said it to me. I told him exactly what he should do to, 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 uh, to, to fight that, to combat what that guy was trying to do against him. And he did it. I was, I was ecstatic on the sideline. <laughs> it was awesome to see.
1: So, yeah. Yeah. Um... I rewatched that game yesterday, and it, it's funny because Todd Blackledge, the color commentator for uh, ABC, a former Penn State quarterback, described that play just how you did. He was like, you know, the the offensive tackle was trying to steer him one way, and AJ just bull rushed his way to Sean Clifford and dropped him, and and. I looked at that again, man. He may have gotten that ball away from him. I want to see that. I haven't had a chance to look at it again today, but I've had a few people ask me about it. It looked like he may have stripped the ball there, and they never looked at it. But that's uh, that's water under the bridge. I think think,
0: think it came out. I think it came out, and he jumped on it. But I I believe it did come out right there on that play.
1: Yes. So yeah, I, I thought that was a good. I thought the I thought the defensive line play, played really well. Um, there were some times where I thought the linebackers got out of position, but man, Penn State. way talk. Uh, let me ask you about that, Colin. You have to be so. Your eye discipline has to be so on point with an offense like that. They give you a lot of eye candy, whether it's Hamler, number one. It, like in a jet sweep motion and then the quarterback doing the, you know, read option things, RPO stuff. What did you see from that perspective? They were able to pop a couple uh, runs just because it seemed like misdirection and getting the linebackers and the safeties out of position.
0: Yeah, I'd say late in the game, they were they were they were able to pop those runs that they weren't able to early in the game, uh, specifically because of that reason, and a lot of the eye candy, and then you know just kind of kind of being out of place at times during that during that last bit of stretch where they were able to really, where the uh, where the kid Noah Kane got that rushing touchdown, it was it was because we were kind of out of out of position. Um, the other thing that I saw that we had to adjust to that we didn't adjust to right off was KJ Hamler, the guy that you just mentioned, uh, who is Penn State's top receiver. He's definitely that guy. I watched that game and I might have seen him line up outside wide receiver maybe four or five times. Now, he's a wide receiver, but you have different spots on the field where you can line a wide receiver up. The furthest guy from the offensive line, the wide out wide receiver is typically where you will see some of those guys, big time players are at. But, with our with our cornerbacks and the success that our cornerbacks have had and what they can do to take away a team, uh, they felt you could tell or I could tell looking at the, looking at the game from from my vantage point that Penn State's focus and their game plan was to put KJ Hamler in the slot. Now the slot is the second guy in, still a wide receiver, but he typically is a little bit closer to the offensive line and off the ball a yard or two. So he typically won't have a guy directly on him. And when he does, it's in our defense, our defensive scheme, our base defensive scheme, is typically a linebacker. So Penn State, knowing our defense, knowing and scheming us as to who we are, they put that guy in a position where he was matched up on a linebacker for a couple of different times, and they went at him by letting that, wide, that outside wide receiver while he was lined up in a slot, that outside wide receiver taking a a, a, a go route or just taking off running deep and pretty much putting himself, K.J. Hamler, number one, uh, one-on-one with one of our outside linebackers. Now we have some very athletic outside linebackers. There's no doubt about it. But anytime you have your best player in Penn State lined up against a linebacker, you're going to take advantage of that matchup. And that's what they did. They created the matchup by alignment and they were able to, to uh, create that Mismatch by having their best wide receiver lined up against a linebacker, and that's how they scored their touchdown. They had us, they had KJ Hamler lined up against our linebacker, number 49. Um, what's his name? I can't think of Nick Neiman. They had a hell of an athlete. Let's, let's be honest, Nick's a mm-hmm. 6'4, 235, and can run like a gazelle. But again, against Penn State's number one receiver, you put him in a mismatch, and that's where the, the offense was able to exploit us. So that, that specifically was one thing that we had to adjust to, and I know that Phil uh, got out of that defense and got into more uh, six defensive backs across the board, so we had a better matchup there and took that away. And that's when um, Penn State's quarterback, he really just started to, to, to take off, uh, Sean Clifford, with his running. I think that's really what broke our backs in, in that game, is that we were, we were playing very well throughout, but uh, Clifford's ability to make plays with his feet – uh, was really the, the the deciding factor in my mind for that game.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I uh, that that play you talked about where where Nick was left out there, kind of on an island with Hamler. That's just not going to work. You know, he as good as as athletic of a linebacker as he is, he's it's hard enough for defensive backs to stay with Hamler in space like that. And and the kid the kid made a heck of an effort on the touchdown too, going over top. I mean. Mm-hmm you know, I Iowa recovered on that play and he still found a way to get into the end zone. So mm-hmm. sometimes you just gotta tip your hat to the other team and say, Okay, that's 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 a heck of a play.
0: Yeah, that's completely what it was. He he's a top premier player. Probably will be a All Big Ten selection. So for him to make that play is a play that they expect him to have made, and he did that. Uh, you know, was, I was a little concerned after he came down, kind of on his neck there. I, I thought he should have probably been out the rest of the game in concussion protocol. But ultimately, he uh, he made a play on our team, and you know that that was the one touchdown that they needed early to get the spark and get going.
1: Yeah and, and it's that's why i mean you, you, again you you tip your hat a little bit to Penn State they've got speed on the outside that you have to respect and then when you spread a defense out a little bit then you let the yeah and then you have a quarterback that's able to to move a little bit it just opens things up and it's it's not easy to defend and for Iowa to do what it did like i said hold them to 17 points 30 points below their average um I think under 300 yards of total offense. It was the defense. I thought played well enough. Had some breakdowns here or there, but 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 played pretty well.
0: Yeah, I agree. Agree. And there's you know can't crown them. Can't crown this team yet. But I think that we probably played the toughest team on our schedule. I mean, including Wisconsin. We know what Wisconsin is about. But uh, we, I feel great about our team when it comes to playing against the run. So we'll, I, that's going to be an entirely different beast like you talked about. But with this team that we just placed, these last two teams that we, that we faced that are more spread offenses, that spread out our base defense, um, they've had some success. And I know that we're going to face teams in the, going down the stretch of the season that will be similar. But I, I, I know that as long as we play teams the way that we know how to and we get out, continue to get after them like we did this past weekend – we're going to have a great chance of winning every football game we play moving forward.
1: Do you get that sense from being around the guys too, Colin, a little bit this weekend that, you know, they know that this is a process, that they know that they're building towards something, and they played really good competition and just didn't make enough plays? Because sometimes losses like this can start to fester or – Take you know, tear a locker room apart or things like that. I don't sense that. I mean, what was your feeling when you you, you got around the guys on Saturday?
0: You know, it felt great. It felt like the energy was there. It felt like everything was kind of in position. I mean, the the, the the stadium was rocking like they always are when it comes to Saturday night game. Not not that they're ever not rocking anything during the day, but those Saturday night games have that that different mystique, and it was rocking environment you know we had the we had all the fireworks we had the uniforms of course we had the flyover we had all the guys back from the 2009 team you know it, it was just it was a festive atmosphere and the guys felt it i felt the energy you know it's is one thing about coming back and being a part of it and uh, feeling the energy of game day feeling the energy of, of pre-game and being being on that sideline for you know the play on the field you know it's just there's just a different feel about it all um and it was there but again, I think that you know, when certain plays, you have to play through certain things, and when certain things just do not uh, matriculate, things don't work out the way that you want. You, you know, we didn't. I wouldn't say that we sunk in the shell, but things definitely started mounting against us, and we weren't able to to overcome it. And again, I would have to say Penn State was just a better football team than us on this past Saturday, but. I don't feel like they'll beat us ten, nine times out of ten. I feel like it'll be a better – we'll come out with a victory, to be honest with you.
1: Do you feel like you got cheated by not getting to play in alternative uniforms at Iowa? Kirk was a little bit more set in his ways back when you played, and I don't think anything would have gotten him off and gotten you guys into all gold uniforms. Oh,
0: completely. You know, I, I, every year that I get back and I see the new uniforms, I'm I'm angry. I'm frustrated <laughs> at the fact that I didn't get – a single different uniform. It was always the same old white and gold, or black and gold, and you know, even even a couple of years, even like two years after I left, when they brought back the uh, the '30s uniform, that mm-hmm. was even that was even something that I was like, man, that would have been amazing to be able to wear. So yeah, now they they got all these different uniforms, and I'm I'm in Greg's ear, the equipment manager, for I was the equipment manager. I'm in his ear every time, like, dude, dude, I need a helmet. I need a jersey. I need one of these things. You can't just have these things, and I can't have one of these because I, I need something. you got you got to send me home with one of these. He, he has yet to give them to me. I'm still going to be in his ear about it. But, you know, I'm so jealous of, of all these amazing new color combinations that they're giving these kids the opportunity to play with.
1: Not, well, I will say that Nike needs some better quality control, especially for the big guys. Because mm-hmm. I think Cedric Lattimore came out of his jersey, Chauncey mm-hmm. Golston may have come out of his jersey. Mm-hmm. They were having some problems down there, weren't they? Did you get? Did you get to see that?
0: I saw Cedric's before he had to change it. The whole side of his jersey was ripped out. So somebody's gonna somebody have to say something to somebody because Greg had to change that thing out pretty quickly. Next time <laughs> he come out of there, they'd have been completely undressed out there on the side. <laughs>
1: Um, I, I for me from I'm old school and I'm in my fifties, so I I really appreciate Iowa's classic uniforms, just like Penn State's classic uniforms. But it is nice to to switch it up now every now and then.
0: I think so. I think so because you know then you have the Oregon's of the of the of the right. college football landscape, and the Oregon's you know come out with a new uniform almost every game. It's like you got to compete with it. Unfortunately, these kids. Um sometimes they, they will gravitate to what looks pretty, what's the newest, nicest thing, and they see those things and those things play a factor in recruiting. So we have to in order to stay relevant and stay on top of people's minds, some certain kids like that. Certain certain kids are cool with the old mystique of say uh uh you know, the, 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 the normal uniforms, but uh but you do want to wear something different and, and kids enjoy that. So you, you gotta you gotta switch it up now. That's kind of the, the new age thing.
1: I want to ask you kind of when you get back around Coach Ferentz these days, is he still the same guy as when you played?
0: Amazingly, he is. I don't know how he's able to do it, but he totally is the same guy, always has been. And that's why so many guys are, are so willing to come back. And everybody that does come back has the same kind of thought about him and, and How things have been. Again, we all know that he's the longest tenured head coach in college football right now. Uh, That being said, guys like uh, Marcus Pascal, who I saw this past weekend, came through. Uh, Charles Godfrey, who hadn't been back since he played on the field, came back through. And guys are coming back through because we know who this coach is and we know his his coaching staff. And the thing about Kirk is that he is just, he's the same guy. And it's crazy to say that about any head coach because you t- most times you're different in front of your players than you are in front of say the media or in front of the provost or whoever. Mm-hmm. You're typically a little bit different, but Kirk Ferentz is the same. He's just a guy who is the same way regardless of the environment. He is the same way, and he is he is the embodiment of what I call what my favorite. This is my favorite word: steady. When a person is steady, you know what you're going to get out of them day in, day out, no matter what. The environment will change, but they won't. And Kirk Ferens is the embodiment of steady. And he's been that way since I've known him. He continues to be that way now, which is why so many people... I, I'll give you this, for example. While we were there, we got a chance. We, we slipped in. My wife and I slipped into the cafeteria as they were getting ready to eat. And so I'm there. I got my food and I got my. I got a cup of fruit. And so I'm walking... Uh, to get ready to sit down. And one of our favorite guys, Max Franco, uh, who's a sideline <laughs> guy, he, he, uh, he comes up. He's like, hey, Colin, and slaps me on the back of my arm. Tumble, so the cup of fruit that's on top of my tray, it tumbles all over the floor, all over the floor. I'm like, oh, come on, Max, really? <laughs> like, come on, uh, really? And so who was the first person? Because uh, I'm walking, I actually walking to go sit down, but... I, I getting ready to come up on me is coach ferris from the uh, coming the opposite direction and who's the first person to be down there on the floor cleaning up this fruit it's kirk ferris he is that guy he's always been that guy he is he's the same guy that when i played here back in 2001 i remember the story about when when norm parker was still alive god rest his soul after an event you know one of those uh one of those meet and greet events he was the same guy that was helping clean up uh the tables that people were eating at. after everybody, all the recruits and all the, the families were gone. He was one of the guys hanging back and cleaning up the tables. You know, that's just who he is. And he's always been that guy, which is why he gets so much of the respect of the guys around him, uh, the men that coach alongside of him and the players that, that he coaches. I mean, of course, you know, everybody has their own unique story, but my story is that I, I've known this man and he's been just the same man. And I'm so appreciative to have had him as my head coach during my career and in my life. So. That's who he is, and I, and I don't see him
1: being any different. Yeah, it's cool. I see. I don't, I don't know if other programs do this either, but I, I see on social media when Iowa, you know, sends out care packages to their guys in the NFL and those guys. Those guys seem to generally, genuinely, feel, you know, cared for, for lack mm-hmm. of a better term. They get these boxes with just Hawkeye gear in them, and, and they. You know, they're in the NFL, they're making money, but just when they, I guess when they look in the mail or whatever and see something like that, it just kind of brings them back, and I think it's just, I think it's unifying, and I think it's something that's special about the Iowa program.
0: Yeah, that's true. Well, you know, most uh, other programs do send care packages out. Not every single one does, but others do, but yeah, you definitely appreciate it. I know I appreciate it when I was getting them, and it, they steadily gotten better. I saw this year; they had what some coolers with, with mm-hmm. stuff, uh, stuff in. So I'm like, man, that'd have been nice to get a cooler <laughs> like that. But, but you know, hey, every year it gets better. Every year it gets better. So yeah, it, that's definitely one of those things where it's like, a, um, you know, just another obvious opportunity for them to show how much they the team cares and continues to care. And you know, you can go into the, the Hawkeye weight room, they pay homage to the guys. Who have come through those doors uh, as well as throughout the facility? There are various ways that that this team pays homage to all the guys that have helped create what is now Iowa football. We've definitely done a, we've done, even going back to my days, we've always worked to to make this team better. It's come to a point where it's definitely one of the top programs in college football.
1: Leave the jersey in a better place, right?
0: That's right. Absolutely.
1: Um, we have a few more minutes here, then we'll wrap up. But you, we talked about it before we started recording. You got back this week, the 2009 team was here. As you said, there were a lot of, you know, a lot of former players that were in town. What's that like when you guys get back together? Is it Do you you talk about old times? I mean, what's, what's it like? What's, what's a, what would it be like hanging out with you guys when you get back in town?
0: There's definitely a lot of conversations about a lot of things that we did back in the day that we probably (laughs) wouldn't be able to get away with these days, Um, as well as, you know, just, just some of the successes that we've had along the way and, you know, and the team itself. But, it's like, you know, it really comes down to being around guys that you know in an intimate setting and have an opportunity to really just kind of, you know, shoot the breeze about just about anything. And it's just like you never left. And just talk about, just about everything too. So uh, always, always a great opportunity to be around some of my, my long-time old friends and, and teammates because we all have similar stories and we can all relate to uh, the environment. What
1: would you guys get away with that you wouldn't get away with now?
0: Well, see, that's why we won't talk about those because (laughs) those things are in the past. Those things, you know. I'll say this: I'll say this. The social media and the internet have definitely made uh, made made life a little bit more difficult for those that have run-ins with uh, with whatever situations that may be a little bit difficult. So that's all I say, you know. But uh, thankfully, those aren't around anymore, and uh, well, those weren't around then, and so we can just we'll just have the memories of them. We'll just have the memories and we'll move
1: on. And you survived them and are able to talk about them now. So there's something to be said for that.
0: That's exactly right.
1: And we've grown, you know, those were experiences and we've grown
0: as men. And so now we are you know, all of us in our late thirties, early forties. And so now it's just like, you know, the next generation is there and I you was know, just happy to be a part of such a great group of men.
1: Yeah. I am glad I am thrilled that social media wasn't around when I was in my formative years, man. There was, yeah. (laughs) Stuff that we probably all could not live down at this point if it was out there for public consumption. So we'll leave it at that.
0: Yeah. uh, I agree.
1: Um, Just a couple thoughts here on Purdue, Colin. I don't know if you've gotten a chance to see them this year. They're pretty banged up. Um, They're starting a, a freshman quarterback plumber from Arizona, no relation to, uh, jake Plummer, i'm told um but they're athletic and they've given iowa problems the last few years um with some of their speed on the outside i don't think rondell moore's going to play this week which is obviously a bonus for iowa because he's he did some damage last year but um just kind of some thoughts on this week uh, on what iowa needs to do to kind of get back uh back in the win column
0: well, we know that Penn State is going to be that team that's going to spread us out. They're going to, you know, do all they can to kind of put us in a position where, you know, we're, we're kind of, I, I could see it them trying to do some of what um, Penn State did. You know, try to, try to find those guys in the slot position that might have a linebacker put up against them and try to find a way to run the ball. Um, I don't know that they will have success doing so because, like you said, Rondell Moore isn't there, and he's the most dynamic player. Um, but I know that that's probably where they're going to try to attack us, and so you know, it's, it just comes up to making those adjustments, expecting those those changes, and guys getting coached up and being ready for those uh, those, those different situations to, to 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 get ready. But you know, this is what the football season is. You know, it's the grind of it all, and having to line up and do it again, get back into. Get back into the building today and get on the film. Get over last week, you know. Watch whatever plays, and you flush it and you move on. So next week, next opponent up is is Purdue, and it's time to get prepared for them. Short-term memory,
1: and it's the Big Ten, so you can't exhale and you can't, you know, uh, you can't can't let let your guard down because you do that and you'll lose um, in this league. And and I think we talked about this coaching staff being experienced. I I, I'm sure they're going to be on the guys to say, Hey, this team beat you the last two years. Do not, do not let down.
0: Completely. We know that. And I I don't see that this team will let down at all, considering coming off of a two game losing streak. So I think that skid will definitely be resonant in this group. And, you know, it's like you you do everything you can to, to to, to get back in that win column. So uh, I don't see this being a team that will be hung over too much more after what's been going on these last couple of weeks. They're going to be hungry to prove themselves and get back in the thick of the things and, and, prove that they're still relevant in the big 10 East. I guess.
1: Yes. And it will take some help now with the two conference losses, but Iowa can still win this division. They, they have a game at Wisconsin um, Ohio, and Wisconsin, well, Wisconsin this week goes to Illinois, so th- they're going to win again. But after that, they go to Ohio State. So let's not give up on this season. There's still still plenty to play for, and uh, I'm of the belief that this is still a, a pretty good Iowa team uh, with a chance to be even better. Um, this week's game, uh, 11 o'clock kickoff here in Iowa City um, on ESPN2, I believe. Uh, homecoming for the Hawkeyes. So hopefully everybody comes back and has a good time, enjoys the parade and leaves town with a victory. And uh, Mm -hmm. sorry, you sorry. I missed you last week, Colin, as we talked about, but we'll connect again. Um, Maybe a game. That's not so crazy. (laughs) That was just a crazy – the sidelines were packed. The stadium was packed. The parking lot was packed. Everything was packed last week for Penn State. Um, but that's the way we like it around here.
0: Absolutely. The atmosphere was electric, and I, I think everybody was anticipating a, a win. You know, it, it didn't happen, obviously, but uh, but I do feel like it, that's the type of atmosphere we need on on every – game consistent basis you can't have it every time with that night game atmosphere but that's what made it so special and that's definitely why i thought we were going to take that win but hey we're going to move on to this week and we're going to have that same kind of atmosphere and we'll get the w
1: Yes, crowd, home crowd, home cooking again this weekend for Purdue. So everybody enjoy the game and uh, get back in the win column here and uh, get moving towards November when it gets even, even more real here in college football. So um, Colin, thanks again. Uh, thanks for your great insight. It was great to hear some of the, the goings on from down on the sideline uh, this weekend and uh Have a great week, and and we'll reconvene after uh, the victory against Purdue. Sound good? Absolutely. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we will talk to you next week.